Entertainment's podcast from Bottomline Technologies. We present today's episode in the midst of the global coronavirus pandemic. And as businesses all over take measures to contain and minimise the spread of this disease, we will therefore be recording over the phone today. Listeners may therefore notice a drop in quality, though hopefully not in content. On with the show. International payments. Have you ever had to make one? There are so many things to consider. Are you often unsure if you're getting the best currency rate or worried about different time zones creating supply chain difficulties? And how do you ensure the payments always settled on time? Today, we're demonstrating how international payments can be made a lot easier than you might think, if you do it the right way, of course. With me is Chris Spaulding, international payments lead at Bottomline, and Steve Lemon, co-founder of Currency Cloud, who provide enterprise-class international payment solutions. Hello to you both. Hello, Rich. Good morning. Hi, Rich. Morning. So, bottom line is a payment solutions provider for businesses worldwide and partnered with Currency Cloud recently to use its payment technology to add international payments to its existing UK platform. So, to kick off, could you give me an example of how a business might be making international payments today? Yep. Happy to do that, Rich. Thank you. Um, Great, great opportunity, this one. Um, so we were speaking to a, a, a client this week um, who imports um, medical equipment from abroad, quite topical. Uh, and uh, they were identifying how their payment, um, international payments processes work today. Uh, and they have identified that um, they receive uh, currency in the course of their business um, and therefore have currency accounts. And they also buy currency um, from a specialist currency provider Um, to top those accounts up. Those accounts are held with Barclays, so that's two parties already. And then, of course, they've got their own ERP system um, where they were uh, generating uh, the payments and outputting those payments uh, and then manually keying those uh, into into their their bank account. Um, So you can see a lot of elements in that um, and uh, really gives us a flavour of what customers um, or what uh, people making international payments uh, are having to, to to deal with yeah just just building on that actually um we we see a lot of organizations with with multiple vendors multiple providers um which would has got to be a really frustrating and fragmented use uh, uh day-to-day use case for for, for the uh, people involved at the company you know, you, you, every organization will have a number of bank uh, banking partners and they'll pick and choose which components of the payment services and foreign exchange services they'll take from those banks. And, and as you mentioned, Chris, a lot of organisations have specialist FX providers. Um, but you can't just have one relationship. Typically, you can't just have one relationship with a specialist FX provider um, because there's such disparity in the uh, FX pricing that um, you, what you tend to find is that most organisations have handle of these FX providers and will play one off against the other to make sure they're keeping them honest and getting the best price. Um, and then when you layer into that, certainly on, on, on larger organisations, SME, not just the SMEs, but the mid caps and, and, and corporates, think of a, a, a range of different needs for the uh, for the payment. So you, you've got overseas payroll, day-to-day operating expenses, repatriation of revenues, as well as obviously supplier payments. And, and every one of those functions may be uh, overseen by different individuals or different entities within the business and they might all have different relationships as well so you can quite quickly see that it gets quite quite fragmented and messy thanks steve so 
as part of the introduction, I mentioned uh, a couple of the things that um, people should consider and, and some of the problems they might face when making a, a payment overseas. But expanding on this in more detail and getting into the nitty gritty, what other problems do companies have when they're trying to make international payments today? Yeah, so look, look, I alluded to this just now. So, 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 so the main thing is is is, is the exchange rate and 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 how um, one of the biggest challenges, one of the biggest frustrations that a, a user, an organisation would have is how do they ensure that the, the exchange rate they're getting is is fair, that the pricing is fair. How, how do they um, how do they know what the rate is in relation to the market? How, how do they get a transparent um, uh, FX rate? Um, and, and more importantly, how do they know it's consistent? Because it's just not practical for organisations to be playing provider off against provider to to to, to keep themselves on to, to keep their supplier base honest. So 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 really they they, they need they need a provider that that gives them a a structured pricing plan that's fair, consistent, and and transparent. Um, the, the other challenge is uh, when making when making the payment is is capturing the right information. Um, uh, the, the right payment details, um, depending on where you're making the payment to and how you're making that payment, whether it's a SWIFT payment or an ACH payment, for example, um, you've got different types of banking details to capture. Um, and then finally, um, when the payment is actually released, the beneficiary needs to be able to, to, to reconcile where the money's coming from and, 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 the, and the reason for the payment. So, so you'll need to be able to include suitable references with the payment just so so the recipient knows who it's from, what it's for, and and, and what it's in relation to. Um, and, and there's another thing that a lot of organisations overlook actually. When you're when you're making a payment via SWIFT or correspondent banking, that's that's great because it's it's efficient, it's fast, the payment payment gets to where it's going to be getting to um, as, as quickly as it can. Um, but what you tend to find is um, you often see that the beneficiary receiving what we call short delivery, which um, is, is is basically the the, the the principal amount that was sent doesn't necessarily arrive in its entirety. And, and, and what that is, because there are hidden fees deducted along the way um, uh, through the correspondent chain. Um, so uh, a lot of people are moving away from making SWIFT their primary payment uh, mechanism and using um local payment networks um just distributing payments on on sepa for example or ACH in the uh, in, in the us for example and the equivalent in country equivalents around around the world um it perhaps adds a day to the delivery but but it does guarantee that the final amount received is the amount that was sent and um and there's no, there's no hidden fees along the way and also has the ha- happy happy side effect of, of being a little bit cheaper to originate as well I think that's a great shout, uh, uh, on 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 that uh, the hidden fees of those short short deliveries. Um, I remember going back to my dim and distant past where uh, I used to run a little tour operation, and uh, uh, the amount that sent uh, was short by twenty dollars, um, and uh, therefore the um, account wasn't settled, and uh, the hotel would try and charge my customers when they arrived at the door. Um, so. Great shout on that, but in addition to to the uh, to the fees um, uh, and and the pricing and keeping that FX honest, as you say, um, you know, I mentioned about the example of that medical company um, and and those fragmented systems. Um, 
it's easy to see when you just start looking at the systems involved um, that, that managing the workflow, um, it becomes a big problem um, for, for the business. Uh, you can see that you've got uh, various different staff who will be using, one will be using or one. There'll be a, a team potentially uh, administering the, the finance, the, the accounts payable system, um, staff who have access to the bank account um, and nothing else. Um, and uh, staff that are managing the kind of the FX provision. Uh, and so that's that all becomes um, spread out, difficult to manage, workflow is fragmented. Um, it's open to fraud. Uh, you've got different, uh, so many different people involved. Um, you know, the, uh, the, there is a risk that um, figures could be adjusted or another beneficiary entered into, into the process along the way. Data rekeying is, is a big one as well. Um, and again, many of our, our customers um, are making bulk payments. Um, you mentioned payroll. Um, we had a, a customer who is involved with um, international film uh, crew payroll and uh, setting up um, bulk um, international payments um, is, is, is a very difficult process. And, and often um, banks, uh, providing international payment services and even third parties don't have that ability to uh, to make bulk payments. Um, so rekeying um, re keying is, is not only a, a error prone, but also uh, time consuming. Um, and another one that we've, we've come across uh, quite a lot um, is uh, where uh, a company receives um, currency in the course of their business. Uh, and uh, therefore run their own bank accounts, which is which is great. Um, and uh, they can therefore obviously um, take in uh, euros, for example, and pay out directly in euros. But what it means is they are beholden then to uh, the the disbursement processes that their their banks provide. And as Steve mentioned, that can be um, costly uh, and um, uh, inadequate uh, if uh, we're talking about things like short delivery. Um, so there's lots of elements in in this, Rich. I mean, it's 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 the it's the pricing, um, and for us, uh, we're often seeing it's the it's the it's the platform um, that uh, uh, may, allows that efficiency and, and brings all these um, uh, payment systems together. Thanks, Chris. Now we often talk about consolidation and, and efficiency on on the podcast, so. Um, is there, or, or rather, are there uh, considerable advantages to be had if there is a consolidation of these platforms into one core platform? Well, what difference does this make in terms of visibility of these payments? Yes, yeah, so as I say, um, Rich, that the you know, having it, uh, having talked about those fragmented processes, um, that uh, you know, and that really was just in the context of international payments, uh, but obviously. A business will be making domestic payments as well as their their, their cross border payments, um, and to actually not only break up the international payment uh, system elements, um, then to also have the domestic payments separate to that again, uh, just uh, further complicates and aggravates um, the, the the processes. And if you start thinking about um, managing a business managing cash flow um, and their own kind of treasury. Um, again, to look at um, currency um, commitments uh, in, in, in one set of systems and have the domestic um, uh, payments in another system um, just just adds layer upon layer of, of, of complexity um, um, 
control difficulties uh, and, and workflow management. Um, so, so for us, it's a, we see it as a key key part of corporate efficiency is, is to be able to provide all these um, access to all this information in in, in one platform in, in one system, uh, and that's what we, you know, as you mentioned, we we, we try and do that uh, in the. Um, in all of our systems and processes uh, through through a one-platform approach. Thanks, Chris. I don't really know how to, I don't really know how to build on that, actually. Um, I, I think there is a huge premium, huge premium to having just, just one, one platform used by the whole organisation from a control point of view and a convenience point of view. Of course, the challenge is, is masking the complexity underneath that because, as Chris is saying, obviously, if, you, if, you've, if you've got... Um, all the different types of domestic payments you can make a cater for, but but when you start adding in the different types of payment schemes and bank banking requirements on 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 the global payment networks, it it gets quite complex. Um, which again, if you can just bring that all in house into one platform, that that does add a huge value to the end user. Yes, yeah, Steve. I think you know we we're all uh, trying to uh, be swan like um, on the outside, aren't we? And uh, we're working closely with you to do the frantic stuff behind, and, and we're doing likewise to bring the domestic um, uh, payments uh, as well as international payments into one platform. Um, but I do I, I do see that um, as uh, as a difficulty, um, as I mentioned, just to reiterate, really, uh, is if we've got those separate um, uh, banking systems, so so the banks are very good uh, at running their um, a, a, uh, a platform themselves, if you like, for, for, for payments. But by doing so, you are uh, wedded to um, the uh, the pricing um, and the uh, and, and infrastructure um, that, that's available, um, and actually optimize those processes may not be uh, in in the bank's um, uh, capability uh, on the basis that all the legacy systems and such that they, they're working with today which has really given birth to all the, um, the third party providers um, that exist uh, today um, but as you say that medical example yet again you know all the right reasons to optimize their their workflow by using different parties but to bring all those together under one umbrella is, is is obviously the the aim and the best solution. Thanks both. Um Steve this is probably one for you. Um you mentioned earlier on about the the problems caused by a lack of transparency on the uh, the exchange rate. Um and actually I opened up with that in the introduction. So how do companies actually know they're getting the best rate available? Yeah, so it's a good question. I uh, heard a statistic the other day that UK businesses suffer an estimated four billion pounds a year in in hidden fees, um, with many banks or FX providers uh, profiting from offering poor exchange, uh, exchange rates. What you tend to see happen is is, is without the uh, requirement for fixed pricing structures, um, you you you'll often have one of these specialist approach company offering. Attractive exchange rates or honeymoon exchange rates, as they're referred to in the industry, uh, whereby they're, they're consistently bank beating. Um, but then, obviously, as the relationship matures and time progresses, um, that they start increasing their profitability on on a transaction from a transaction to transaction uh, basis. Um, but uh, organisations like like Bottom Line, uh, through the partnership with Currency Clarity, we, we offer competitive and cons consistently priced transactions in 
broad range of currencies, um, 29 I think we're offering, um, and the uh, availability and visibility of, 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 of the live exchange rate in, in comparison to the mid-market rate is, is essential. Um, that, that's, that's how organisations can be uh, comfortable. They're constantly getting the best rate available. Yeah, Stephen, I mean, that's why we're working together closely on this. I mean, we we, we learned um, very early on that uh, customers are often not able to preview uh, that live rate, as you say, and, and until you know, effectively the the um, the conversion is is almost committed. Um, so we're very very keen that we just provide that live rate uh, up front. Um, but in in addition to the um, to the rate itself, um, you know, as I mentioned, we've got the uh, the concept of of businesses with their own currency accounts, um, and uh, the, uh, the the fact that on that basis they're beholden to the disbursement um, uh, rails typically that that come with those accounts. Uh, so what we're doing is, and you've mentioned, Steve, the the different routing options, um, you know, whether you'd look, use the local routing um, through ACH um, or or SWIFT, and so again to provide um, some degree of flexibility um, in in forms of routing if it's a priority payment and it needs to be there um, as soon as possible, or as you, or as you say, Steve, you know, using ACH may slow it down a little bit, but um, it's a, it, it's quite a lot cheaper. So I think that that's quite important to to offer that degree of, of flexibility. Um, in, in the in the routing and therefore the um, the disbursement fees um, and of course as you mentioned before and I had my little anecdote um, the intermediary bank fees um, and how those um, and, and the need to uh, to ensure that the the invoices uh, aren't delivered short and therefore are not reconcilable and therefore remain outstanding uh, so that that to me is is part of the uh, part of the cost element uh, uh, as well is that fees that are deducted uh, from the uh, transaction whilst it's in flight um, you know it, it, those need to be understood and managed uh, at the same time uh, what we're trying to do is uh, I think in in the technical terms it's known as bench share or hour um, but the idea is that uh, when a payment is sent that the um, those in-flight costs that may be deducted along the way uh, we we're we're covering those in the upfront fee that that the customer customer might be paying for for disbursement so not only are the disbursement fees competitive but they're also as inclusive as possible um to make sure that the um uh, the full amount arrives uh, and reconciled uh, and uh, uh, the the invoice and debt is is cleared and and the business can carry on yeah absolutely yeah we we're living in more um, more and more immediate and, and real-time um, landscape now, and, and people expect things to happen instantly. So if we move on to the topic of how long international payments may typically take, how can a company be um, sort of ensured that anything that they're sending is actually being settled on time? Yeah, I mean, that depends on a number of factors, actually. It depends on, well, first things first, it depends on the currency you're buying. So if you're buying something like, uh, if you're a UK business and you're you're looking to make a payment in euros, US dollars or Canadian dollars, you can buy in one of those currencies on what's called a same day basis. So the transaction settles on the on on the day you make it, um, and then uh, if you if you initiate the payment, 
the right time during the day, you can also get the uh, get the uh, the payment landed with the beneficiary on that day. Um, but that's not always it's possible. Certainly, if you're buying a, a, a an against the sun currency, so for example, an Aussie dollar or, 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 or Aussie Aussie dollars, Kiwi dollars, or say Japanese yen. Um, you know, by the time the, the the European business day is getting started, the their business day is finished, so you'll never be able to get a payment um, a currency purchase settled on the same day, and certainly not a payment. So you need to take into account where the payment is going to, the, the, day, the day and time that you're making the transaction, um, and obviously, as we've touched on already, that the mechanism which you're making the payment, generally SWIFT correspondent payments are, are, are faster um, than, than ACH equivalents. I mean, there are some markets where ACH equivalents are just as quick. Um, and you know, with with the USA, you've got separate incident as well. Um, but, um, but yeah, it depends on it depends on 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 the mechanism. So it's it's, it's all a case of just being aware of what those um, considerations are and, and working backwards. If you have an absolute deadline for making the payment uh, to, to to arrive with the beneficiary, um, then just work backwards. If you know it's going to take a day for the for the payment to arrive. Uh, from from origination, and then you know it's going to take a day for the currency transaction to settle. You need to allow at least two days. Um, of course, one thing you can't legislate for in, in certain markets is the speed at which the recipient bank actually responds to the incoming payment and allocates it to the underlying client account. Um, so, so that's something to bear in mind, um, and uh, making sure that you've got things like correct beneficiary details. I mean, I I, I know between Current account and bottom line, we've got fantastic beneficiary validation software. So, so payment errors are almost a thing of the past, effectively. Um, but making sure that you don't put put details of a bank account that's since been closed, for example, that's that's always going to throw a spanner in the works. Um, and of course, the other thing that people often overlook, actually, if you're making payments to a new beneficiary, um, uh, that there are things that go on in the background in, in, in international payments from a, from a compliance and AML point of view. Such thing as sanction screening. We we certainly screen every payment before it goes, and typically that just happens in the background, real time, and there's there's no issue. But obviously, if a transaction does get caught up in the sanction filters, um, it's often for a reason, um, and and that can slow payments down. If if it's a false positive, for example, if it, if it's a if it's a real match, if there's a if there's a a real catch on the sanction filters, and the payment payment gets held up. <laughs> I guess held up more, more, more long term, but but that's obviously for for a specific reason. Yeah, I think that that's um, uh, you know the the automated nature of that is um, is is great, but uh, you know if if there is some dodgy transactions going on, then we will certainly be stopping those ones. Yeah. Um, and I think that the uh, from um, the I guess the planning nature, if we're talking about um, you know ensuring things are settled on time, Rich. That um, uh, when you're, we, we know we talked about the the the, the, the banks providing um, services and uh, third party um, sort of non bank specialist services. Uh, one thing to, to to bear in mind that that both have their pros and cons. Um, but once you're using a a, a non bank specialist uh, service, which is, which is what we're doing, um, then there there are great benefits to be gained from that. As I say, we've talked about. Uh, bulk payments, um, uh, visibility uh, of um, uh, FX rates, um, and uh, security straight through processing, et cetera, et cetera. 
So, but what comes with that is it, it's separate to your bank account. So there is a, a step uh, involved, which is transferring funds from the bank account uh, into uh, into the platform to the uh, to the specialist service provider, and that's the same for any specialist provider. Um, they just have to uh, allow for that uh, in in the setup of the uh, of the payment. So as Steve said, the you know the steps involved in FX conversion is required, then then that can be done same day. And if that meets the cutoff, um, then that will all throw, flow through nicely. But the starting point of that is obviously to make sure that um, uh, funds are available. And that can be subject to um, to, to the bank, uh, which is being used to uh, transfer the funds uh, into, into the platform. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it is made simpler um, by having that one platform. Uh, approach, but uh, it, it's uh, it, it's one of those uh, uh, benefits uh, that comes with a a, a step, uh, which is um, not quite the same as uh, if you were managing it all through your um, all through a one-stop shop of a bank account. We're a one-stop shop, adding all sorts of additional layers and benefits on top of that. Um, but we need to kick the process off with some funds on uh, on account. Uh, those funds they don't have to be uh, held, it can be funded on demand. We don't have to keep a, a float on the account or anything like that. But but it, it is a, a step which is common to to any specialist uh, any specialist provider. So on the subject of best practice, and aside from making validation checks, as you alluded to earlier, um, what else do you think companies should consider to to make sure they reduce their operational risks? Yeah, that's a great one, Rich. Thanks. Um, yeah, we, so we've talked about all the uh, all all the uh, features, if you like, um, of, um, uh, of 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 optimising uh, the the payment itself, um, and we talked about the platform. So again, mentioned from the outset was this example of this uh, medical um, company uh, split across systems, and uh, one of the key aspects uh, of um, uh, of an internal pro process for, for managing all these systems, or ideally on one platform, is is the segregation of, of duties of staff. Um, there, there's a risk um, of uh, internal fraud um, and also uh, privacy of um, corporate sensitive information, be it um, the you know, balance on 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 the corporate the corporate bank account. So segregation um, uh, and uh, of duties uh, allows. Um, a, a, a proper um, and robust workflow to be created. So what we're meaning by that is just um, distinguishing between the, the, the activities um, that uh, a staff member can do. So someone can't, the, the same person who sets up a, a new beneficiary um, can't make a payment uh, to that beneficiary. So segregating sort of the, the back office setup to the payments and the payments authorization. Um, removes that uh, that risk of um, internal fraud. Uh, we talked about uh, again about these fragmented systems and the rekeying re of data. Um, so, um, a solution which offers the ability to to bulk uh, or batch pay, um, uh, make payments in batches, but also uh, manage um, beneficiaries in batches uh, as well, uh, removes that um, that risk uh, of um, of Errors uh, in in rekeying uh, information, um, and as Steve mentioned, you know, obviously getting the um, accuracy is key, getting the account details right. 
um, verification, uh, verification and validation. So, as you mentioned, we, we can uh, in the UK today, we can uh, verify uh, the owner of a, a bank account against the bank account details. Um, so that verification uh, is great in the UK, but it doesn't work on on overseas bank accounts. The information just isn't there. Um, what we do do um, is um, uh, ensure that the uh, the number formats uh, are valid. Um, so if an IBAN number has the correct number of digits uh, and, and information in it for, for the destination. Um, but that's validation and, and it's not um, verification. So there's really not much uh, that, that we can do um, if, uh, if the, all the details are correct, um, but it's uh, gone to the, the wrong beneficiary. Um, if it does go astray, um then uh you know to reduce that risk you just need to get on top of of, of that as soon as possible um just vital that um, um if it's known that it's gone to the wrong person then um it, it, the, the business responds quickly um and uh we can get a a, a track and trace uh, process uh, initiated um, so, you know, in, in the end, uh, with all these things, um, it, it's about uh, getting um, get, getting it to the right beneficiary um, is, is obviously the essential part and making sure it's set up in, in the right way. Thank you, Chris. Um, Steve, anything to add there? No, look, look the only thing I think is just to, 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 to really drive home the point, one of the intangible benefits of the one platform mentality, I really like this, it's just, it's much easier to, to have in place a, a set control function than a, and, a, and a set policy on in terms of who is empowered to do what in the platform. It, most organisations we talk to, you don't have one individual empowered to input beneficiary details, edit beneficiary details, set up a payment and authorise a payment. So you've got one platform, you could, you could have all sorts of control functionalities and it's much easier to, to, to take control of those roles and responsibilities and permission levels whereas if you're deploying that across a number of platforms it's obviously more opportunity for, for the system to be gained effectively within an organization and it opens them opens them up that opens up an exposure to fraud so so, so one platform is it's, it's it's a more secure proposition i think to to to, to build on that further I mean, we're talking here today uh, about international payments but um People who listen to these podcasts in the in, in the past know that we, we we do other things. So to actually be able to manage uh, the domestic and the international um, on on the same platform means that segregation uh, of, of of staff duties, um, as opposed to being managed in a separate international payments um, uh, fragmented workflow, um, you can have obviously the same um, duty segregation for managing the, um, the the setup of beneficiaries, if you like, for your domestic payments as well as your international payments um, so it brings it all together um, domestic and international uh, onto the one platform thank you chris and thank you steve for joining us today um, i suppose to, to summarize and to round up um, there's, a, there's a lot to consider when making uh, non-domestic payments and probably the the best way of trying to tackle those head-on is to reach out to a provider who's uh, making uh, savvy partnerships and is trying to take a, a lot of that um, headache away from you and make things as simple and streamlined as possible. So once again, um, thanks both for your time today. Uh, on behalf of Bottom Line, uh, we really do hope that everyone out there who's listening is safe and well. 
and you're all washing your hands correctly. Um, unfortunately, that's all we have time for on today's podcast. But in the meantime, you can listen to more episodes on all things payments at the touch of a button using your preferred provider. And we'll see you all next time. The Payments Podcast from Bottom Line Technologies.